0: You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Our next guest has come a long way from Gary, Indiana. He is a professor of economics at Columbia University. He is a Nobel Prize-winning economist, and he has a new book entitled The Euro, A Common Currency Threatens the Future of Europe. We welcome Joseph Stieglitz. Professor Stieglitz, thank you for, for being with us. I wonder if we could just start off by asking you, why did you decide to write this book? Well, uh, like a lot of books, it it comes out of a a series of uh, uh, lectures and ideas that I've discussed for years. Uh, I get invited often to Europe, uh, and uh, the failings of the European economy are on the minds of everybody there the question was, why is Europe doing so much more poorly than the United States, uh, especially since 2008? Uh, The crisis started in the United States. You would have thought we would have had the hardest time. Europe uh, uh, has been basically stagnating for almost a decade now. And the answer came out, it was the Euro. And uh, uh, as I talked to people, it became clear. That there was not as clear an understanding of of why the euro was was giving rise to all these problems.
1: Well, Joe, you know, uh, you did. You were one of the few too who questioned the. Uh the European project who questioned the uh, initiation of the Euro area, the single currency, financial and monetary union, etc. There were many at the time though, or maybe I shouldn't say many, but there was a big debate when the Euro area was uh, set up because from a theoretical side of economics, you think of Ronald McKinnon, for example, a prominent economist at Stanford university for so many years, many of them warning, look, if you have, if you have economies with low inflation, uh, versus very high inflation. You can't put them in a common currency. And yet, over and over and over, that's what the officials in these countries seem to have done. Seems that they seem they have planted the seeds for their own issues, their own problems.
0: I agree with you. In a way, it was uh, they thought of themselves as visionaries uh, of uh, pushing aside these people who are raising uh, nitpicking points and uh, creating a single currency that would create the momentum that would lead to more and more uh, political and economic integration. But even uh, no matter how good your intentions and uh, how strong your ambitions, uh, you can't – ignored the laws of economics. And that, I think, was the fundamental thing. It was a political project in which the politics was not strong enough to create institutions that would make the euro work. Professor Stiglitz, does this mean that Europe will break apart into the kind of factionalism that has led to two world wars? No, no, not not by any means. I mean, I, I think, uh, in fact, uh, what I worry about is the continuation of the euro is likely to be more uh, very de- – is is being very divisive. You know, I, I've been traveling uh, to Europe regularly for, for almost a half century, and I've never seen the level of divisiveness that I've seen uh, in recent years because of the euro, because of what it is doing to uh, – uh, make the rich richer, the poor poorer, both within and between countries. And with basically economic policy and so many of the countries like Italy, Spain, and, and Greece being dictated uh, from Germany, and that's inevitably going to increase resentment. Uh, we get divides between creditors and debtors. That's going to cause a resentment. And, and so the euro was supposed to promote convergence. You know, you talk about large differences. It was supposed to make them more similar. In fact, it's exacerbated the differences.
1: Well, you know, Joe, I really liked the ERM back in the 90s, exchange rate mechanism, uh, where it wasn't a single currency, but c- there were bands that each country had to keep their currency within. And they could use their monetary policy, they could use their exchange rate policy to achieve that. Again, you, in your book, your brand new book, The Euro How a Common Currency Threatens the Future of Europe, you uh, do offer a couple of ideas for what could be done. What's the number one idea? Is, is there any chance it will happen?
0: Well, in a way, one of the ideas that I put forward, which I call the Flexible Euro, is is very uh, reminiscent of the ERM, with one difference. What I'm calling for is the creation of some institutions that would help stabilize the currencies within a narrow band. And over time, if those institutions work, if there's enough uh, coordination and collaboration, uh they might be able actually to make a single currency work but they're not there yet so they in a way they put the cart before the horse so um the question the last question you ask is is really the hardest uh where and it's, it's one about more about politics than uh, or as much about politics as it is about uh economics um where will they go it's been very frustrating uh, to watch Uh, the stagnation in Europe, and the leaders not being willing to revisit some of the key issues, the key policies, the the structural reform of the euro, and trying to blame uh, the problems on the individual countries. Uh, So that makes me a little bit pessimistic. What I think is the most likely thing to happen Beyond muddling through is that at one point or another the voters will get fed up, Uh, and already we're seeing in many of the countries a move from the centrist parties to the extreme right and the extreme left, Uh, and on both of those two uh, there is very strong support for leaving the euro. So uh, what what I think. is a realistic scenario unless the leaders change course. And that's mainly Germany and some of the other northern European countries. Unless they change course, there will be a democratic movement that will uh, upset uh, the strategy, if you can call it that, of muddling through. You said a democratic movement. What happens if there's not a democratic movement? Instead of voters making their voice heard, what if demonstrations and violent protest makes their voice heard, just as it was in Greece? Uh, That's another example of what I call democratic. I mean, either grassroots or electoral. You notice in in Greece, it was 62% of the people voted uh, against the austerity policies. But in the end, the structure of the euro... And the eurozone meant that the voices of the majority of the citizens couldn't be heard, and that is a real problem. That is to say that what has been happening is that the uh, uh, voters constantly vote for a change in economic policy, and what happens is they said, "Oh no, you can't change economic policies. Uh, we've delegated those economic policies uh, to uh, Germany, to Brussels." Mm-hmm. And that, that, I think, is, is deeply disturbing to dem- democratic processes.
1: Just want to switch gears here, Joe. We have about a minute or so left because I want to ask you about the Bank of Japan. Governor Kuroda did an interview published over the weekend saying that as they reassess their policy of negative rates and some would call it unprecedented uh, quantitative easing, that the Bank of Japan can go further more easing deeper negative rates when they meet next month what do you make of that is that a good move or a mistake
0: well i think uh it illustrates that uh that the monetary policy is reaching uh its limits uh as you notice uh you know it hasn't succeeded in really resuscitating the growth of japan although uh in many ways japan is not the basket case that it's sometimes described Once you take into account the fact that their working population, working age population, has been growing much more slowly, in fact, it's declining, while that in, say, the United States has been increasing. Once you take account of that, Japan is not really doing that uh, poorly. But what is clear is that monetary policy is is not enough to resuscitate the economy. And I think uh, it was a good move of Abi to uh, postpone the. Increase in the consumption tax. What they really need is a more comprehensive strategy, which includes, I think, uh, a, um, a, a, a carbon tax that would stimulate investment in green technology.
1: Joe Stiglitz, thank you so very much for joining us. Joseph Stiglitz, professor of economics at Columbia University, winner of the 2001 Nobel Prize in Economics, talking to us about his new book, The Euro, How a Common Currency Threatens the Future of Europe. He said the Europeans need to find ways to create more economic divergence than convergence rather than divergence. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.